but we're consistently inconsistent. I wish somebody loved me as much as you love Fruit Punch Food Can I edit my list? (laughs) I had a salad yesterday. It was good. That's good. Where from? Proud of you, Chad. From uh, Brew House. It's cool that after, you know, six years or whatever that you guys stuck it out, you know, you really cared about the name that much. I got to tell you, here at Sonder, what we would have done. Feels like NASA's going to have a problem with this. Uh, let's pick a new name. One of my favorite things you've ever said, Danny, is that Friday is a feeling. Yep. Oh. I, it's like vacation I is a feeling. On me. If you're worried about the dirt and the grime, the germs, whatever it may be on the outside of your lime, Stay home, man. That last one was probably a familiar sound for the two of you, right? We've heard that voice once or twice. Yeah. <laughs> a few times. <laughs> um, uh, the beer that I'm consuming right now, um, speaking of the intro to the podcast, Andy, NASA um, will not have a problem with. Luckily. Um, <laughs> it's a familiar brand, sort of. Uh, that we'll dive into. But uh, before we get there, let's introduce uh, our guests here. Uh, John Bent and Casey Mackey from Chaz Seligman, um, our distribution partner in Northern Kentucky. Uh, It's the reason we'll allow the Michelob Ultra uh, pullover (laughs) over here, Casey. I had had the over-under at one minute before you would uh, point that out. (laughs) There, uh, were, there, were, there was also a lot of hate because it's a foot joy. Uh, oh, yes, yes. As well, so. Nice. Yes. I didn't realize nice. we were foot hater joys on the spot. Or on the <laughs> foot spot joy here. haters? Or, for, what did I say? Foot, hoi, foot joy hater. Or foot, foot hater foot joys? Hater joy. <laughs> foot hater joy. Don't hate it. Don't hate the beer foot name there. Foot hater joy. Yeah. Foot. <laughs> I'm not cued into the golf community. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's something. I'm going to yeah. tell you. That's, uh, on that note... Um, it's so funny because he's sweating so hard right now. There's a text message exchange about it. Yeah. Who is? No, oh, I, I. Oh, about the about the Mick Ultra jacket. Yes. So <laughs> it took an hour and six minutes to get here today. Oh and, my gosh. And I, I texted him and I said, "Hey, I, I planned on stopping home, but I wanted to grab a Saunders shirt or something else." And they said, "Oh no, don't worry about it. It's fine. It's fine. You know, it's." <laughs> they just teed you up for me to pick on yep. you a little bit, didn't they? Actually, actually, my contribution to the text was. It's an audio recording, not a video. Don't worry about it. No, there's a don't, video recording. Yeah, d- don't worry. We'll make sure everyone can't. They may not be able to see, but they'll hear about this. Right. The whole time I'm just maniacally laughing at the text, like, knowing this is just going to be great content for the, for the podcast. Yeah, you gave Chad an hour and six minutes to uh, like prepare for jokes. It's a layup. It was a layup. And no right. one's mentioned, mentioned John's uh, Country Boy shirt either. No, we like those folks. We like those guys. Yeah, I know we like Country Boy. <laughs> Actually, I'm a firm believer that you don't wear the concert shirt of the band you're visiting or coming to watch. Uh, you're one of those guys? So, like so you I'm don't, so, you don't so I'm not do going to wear a Sonder shirt to Sonder. I'm going to wear another shirt to Sonder. Would that's you wear a Sonder shirt analogy. to Country Boy? Without a doubt. Okay, perfect. Wear perfect. A shirt I'll make sure Boy. DH knows that. He's got he's to keep an eye out for you guys. But, but, but the, the whole thing is, is I, I, I agree with John, but I feel like I'm wearing a Hannah Montana shirt to a Slayer concert, you know? <laughs> That's an even better analogy. That is. There's you just know a what? big gap there. Drop the you know? mic. Drop the mic. We're done. Um, so obviously, and we've talked a little bit about it on the podcast. So a lot of our listeners may or may not be familiar with our partnership and what you all do for us. But just from a 50,000-foot a, a view, 
um, maybe the two of you just just let our listeners know what what does our partnership look like. So so how do you guys kind of view what you are for Sonder? So we are your representative in Northern Kentucky. We we buy the product from you, and then we turn around and sell it to the retail accounts in Northern Kentucky. That's bars, restaurants, uh, off premise accounts, party source. Anywhere that sells beer in northern Kentucky, uh, 15 counties in the northern part of the state, we touch all of those accounts, and that's where we sell beer. We are northern Kentucky's Anheuser-Busch distributor, but we're not owned by Anheuser-Busch. We're a third-generation run family operation, independently owned. Anheuser-Busch is our biggest supplier, but they are a supplier just like you guys are a supplier to us. Uh, my role with the company is the craft brands manager, so I manage the relationship between the independent craft breweries that we have and our sales reps. I get the product, educate the sales reps on what that is, and they sell it. We've got 27 reps that cover those 14 or 15 counties. Within your, within your company? Within our company. Yep. And then you all do provide uh, feet on the street that are employed by the brewery that represent your brand as well. Um, in, in our market, and, and Wayne does a fabulous job. We've got a great relationship with him, and he's got a good relationship with all of our reps, uh, visiting accounts, talking up brands, sampling, and, and helping move product. And, and you know, I, I have said, I've said this many times about, about all of our partners. I mean, there's, there's a million different ways we could take this on the benefits of, of why we as a company chose to do this. Um, I will tell you, I mean, in full disclosure, at the time of us doing this, we, we, if we wanted to expand in Kentucky, in, in full disclosure to our listeners, we didn't have a choice, right? The, the state law required us to have a distribution partner to sell our beer. Correct. However, alcohol laws, period, are weird, and they differ from state to state, um, how much a brewery can sell, how much a liquor store can, like all of that stuff. Um, so it's hard to navigate that, but it's, you know, even if... Even taking that out of the equation, like I just hope that our Northern Kentucky folks know that you have way more access to our beer because of these guys. That's exactly where I was going to go. That's right. Is although although in order for us to get our brand there, it was a required move. There's there's no doubt we're coming right up on a year. Just about yep. Um, yep. first order I believe was April 26th. So yep. um, almost right at a year. Um, and while it was. Uh, a slow ramp up and is still ramping up. Um, what a success story this has been. And, and, and from certainly my perspective, I believe the three of these guys at the table would say the same thing. It was the right move and a move that we're still very proud of. So I think what's, what I'm excited about with this podcast is uh, within our side of the beer business, for some people, there's almost like this negative view of like, oh, you signed up with a distributor. But for us, it's such a win. Oh. Well, and I mean, I'll jump in there. Yeah, and say please. That, like some people think that when you sign up with a distributor, that you're selling out to a bigger company, whatever that company might be. But that's not what it is. I mean, honestly, you sign up with a distributor because to defend it, where we can self-distribute because we do have distributors in Ohio where we could sell our own beer. The whole beer game is relationships. You guys know this. It's all it's all relationships when you're selling beer, and so we have found partners that hold relationships in the same way that we hold relationships. And so we just get more, we get more relationships out of it to sell our beer. You know, there's well, it, so it becomes places. a logistic part. Right. And that's to me, 
one of the best benefits of these partnerships are the fact that you guys, you mentioned, how many reps did you say, John? Uh, 27. You have 27. Uh, we have 27 and, new team members. Exactly, right? And for us... And, and that's just our reps. That's not our... Oper- I mean, our company is 130 people. Yeah. Right. So, you know, our, our operation side, our administration, uh, sales and marketing side, warehouse employees, you know, we, we're, we're 130 people who feel like are part of the Sonder family and, and vice versa. You guys are part of the Chas Seligman family. Right. 100%. Yeah. Yep. And, and we, we embody that. We try really hard to, as do you guys. You know, I, I think I, you, you, what, what the biggest question that somebody might have, if they're listening, right, would be um, the obvious one of, okay, um, Mr. Seligman rep here, John, Mr. Seligman rep here, Casey, you guys walk into um, Bob's Bar in, in wherever, right? Probably and, Northern Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, how do we ensure that you guys are still thinking about our beer when you walk in there because you have this giant portfolio of beer? And for us, we own that and we know that. It's on us to make sure that, A, we have somebody that's also in market with, like we have with Wayne who's working and coinciding with your team, but also that we continue to make high-quality product because once the, once the beer is in the hands of the consumer, the consumer is going to make the choice. Correct. I, I weirdly like the pressure. Like yeah, the, for the sure. Far, the farther and farther you get from home, the harder it is to sell your beer. Craft beer is so local-based, and Northern Kentucky is local for us. I mean, some of, some of those folks live closer to our brewery than some of the folks that we send beer up to north, right? And, but it, it's, it's fun to have that pressure on us. Like, hey, we need to make sure our beer is still top-notch, so that you guys are selling a quality product. We need to make sure our branding and our marketing is backing you guys so that, you know, you have more than just your feet on the ground, but also on the Internet and in paper and wherever you're at, you're seeing our brand. Um, it's fun, and I've said it on this podcast before. I wouldn't want to work at a brewery that is stagnant or okay with their footprint. And I think getting folks like these guys on to push that, put and push that boundary is really, really fun. And frankly, I enjoy it. You say you one say of, that it's of, a lot of fun, and you enjoy the pressure. I'm curious if these guys would say the same. Oh, I do. I mean, one of our, I don't know how top it is. One of the top X accounts, whatever. In, in Kentucky, on draft is in Florence. I mean, mm-hmm. they have seven Sonder taps right now. Now they have like what forty two? I think they have. But they I have, think he's got he's got sixty taps. Sixty. He's got sixty but, taps. But so, but seven of them being Sonder. That's a good. That's percentage. a lot. Incredible. And we're the only one that has that many. Twelve percent. Twelve percent of the taps. That's good math. Yeah. Nice good work, math, buddy. Nice yeah. work. But I mean, uh, even like other places that in Florence, again, just like one place just picked up. You betcha. You know, because of relationships that we had and they had with the place. And I literally had a conversation one day, like, you betcha is killing it. And it was like, you know, they'd not had anything Sonder on before, but it's making notice. You know, even the bartender's like, I pour so much of that beer. Like, <laughs> so thank you, bartender. I remember, I remember uh, Chas Elliman was our first distributor deal, and I remember being very excited about it. Like, oh, our, like our Northern Kentucky folks, we've been answering the phone for a year and a half, two years about, like, like can I get your beer at Party Source? Can I get your beer at X liquor store bar in Northern Kentucky? And you know, we had to tell those folks no, and, you know, you try and give them the bit of, like, hey, we legally cannot get beer down there ourselves. We have to figure that out. Um, 
But I remember before we signed the deal and before I met anyone, I heard that uh, one of the guys at Chad Selman, Casey, had a GigaCoast in his office. I was like, did he put it there because he knew we were coming? He's like, no, no, he's just a fan of the beer. Like, that was so cool to hear. Also a fan of roller coasters. Yeah, he's would, a big King's Island As we would guy, come to but, find out. Yeah. I think I knew this was this was all eventually going to come up here in this podcast. So, uh, you know, just just to put it out there, I am a 35 year old man who does like riding roller coasters dude. and drinking beer. It, it is what it is. No you know, shame I'm, in the game, dude. Roller coasters are fun. Right? I like I like roller coasters as well. I'm married now, so I can come out and say it. You know, I'm not trying to hide anything anymore. It, it is what it is. I fully dude, embrace I love, the nerd. I love that there's a time in your life where you were out at bars like chatting up women and you had this like secret that you were keeping that you like roller coasters. <laughs> like, like, like you're like hiding that you like are in magic the gathering tournaments on the weekend but it's just that you like roller coasters <laughs> right and everyone's like yeah me too i don't know what you're talking about exactly <laughs> like i feel like you can't be an adult and just like not like roller coasters because you think it's childish like if you don't like heights i get it right. but, like but like, you're just like or motion sickness like there's people that don't yeah if that's if that's one that. of your reasons but like you if you don't like roller coasters you think you're not if you think you're too cool for them you're just a liar so, so do those people just, like, not, like, getting into bounce houses, too? They're yeah. scared. They're scared is what it is. It's like but. people that say they don't like Justin Bieber. You're a liar. <laughs> you don't like Justin Bieber's music? You're a liar. I don't believe you at all. It's catchy. It's that's fun. A weird, that's a weird artist to stand on that hill. No, I, I will absolutely stand on that hill. If you don't I like mean, Justin you're not, Bieber, you're just you're not a liar. You're picking, like, T-Swizzle or something like that? I she mean, falls into that category. That's true. That's just a weird one to throw. All right. T-Swizzle. T- is that is that Taylor slang Swift. for Taylor Swift? That's what the youths say. That's the, the, what's youth. that word you just used? The youths. youths. I'm a youth. I have a youths. flat bill hat on. <laughs> Justin, that's what the kids call her. Yeah. Yeah. I, did, I mean, did you know that, John? I, well, I've got a lot of kids, so it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> eight, eight I listen to my kids. Here, so. <laughs> so I'm the only one at the table. I'm the only old guy that didn't know that. What you say? T-Swizzle? That's, that's Taylor I guess, Swift? I guess to your credit, uh, I guess you should have known. But uh, for it, different reasons. But like, daughters. Your daughters aren't into Taylor Swift yet, are they? Yeah, but she didn't want me to call her that. I mean, she asked me to just call her Taylor. Not what I was getting into. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, my daughter, my daughters certainly don't call her T Swizzle. No, do they listen to Taylor Swift? Um, probably. Yeah. I mean, I think they know some of their songs. I'd like to circle back with uh, one of the questions you asked earlier. Um, you talked about how our reps keep it straight with the size of our portfolio. And how do they decide when and when not to sell Sonder or Country Boy or Urban Artifact, any, any of the various brands that we have. So we are a company that pays all of our sales reps a very nice, livable salary. There's no commission involved. They don't make any more money selling a Bud Light keg versus a Sonder keg. So they are disincentivized overall to sell beer. Um, we don't uh, push one thing over another unless it makes sense. So the longevity of our reps and how long with them being developing relationships and having accounts that they have, they have figured out where to sell what. So if the account doesn't make sense to carry Sonder, they're not going to put Sonder in because they kind of know it's not going to sell. If an account wants to try it, sure, we'll get them some cans, sample them, let them sample some of their customers, and if it's a decision that's made to put it in, then we'll sell it in. Uh, if it's not moving, then we do things to help it move. We'll print signage for a happy hour. We'll uh, encourage the account to pick up a case of glassware, do a keep the glass kind of thing, something to get people to try it to make beer move. 
Because our ultimate goal is to never carry beer. We just want to sell beer. Mm-hmm. We, we've got a 175,000 square foot warehouse that beer is constantly rotating in and out of. But we're very rarely in the position where we're carrying it. We're, we're selling it. So that's, that's, where we, that's how they decide what goes where and how to keep things top of mind. You guys aren't, you're, you're selling to accounts, but you're more partnering with them. Correct. You're trying to figure out what's going to be successful for them, and the more successful they are with the beer you're selling them, the more beer you're going to be able to sell to them in the long run, Great right? Point. Exactly. It, it exactly. doesn't sound like rocket science, but you'd be surprised to walk around liquor stores, accounts, bars, and there's just cases of beer stacked up, or the same keg's been on tap at a bar for a month because someone got a sale, that beer didn't move, it was the wrong beer for that account. And all of a sudden, you're not getting that resale, right? Correct. Um, Correct. People don't think about that. They just want to get the immediate, fast sale. They don't play the long game. And whenever I hear about your guys' reps and our success in northern Kentucky, it's evident that you guys are doing the same thing. It's the same thing that Chad does with his team, kind of understanding, like, all right, this account is a boss account. They're going to run through our craft coach. Or they're a Blanc account. You know, maybe it's a food account that really likes pairing good beer with food. Um, I see that when I go on ride-alongs. I hear it from our team when they give us feedback. Um, I think it's a big part of our success. And, again, it doesn't sound like rocket science, but not everyone's doing it, so it doesn't mean it's the easiest thing. Exactly. I, I, I was, was struck, and, and we'll jump in a little bit here to kind of the, the genesis of this, of this partnership because I think it's a fun story. But, um, and then we'll get into um, a really fun project that we're working on together. He might tell you guys I slid into his DMs. <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he did, actually. Um, about a year and a half before we ever actually had our first conversation, um, I get this message on Instagram from uh, this seemingly jolly, happy guy just on Instagram that loves beer. And I had no idea at the time who Chaz Seligman was. And so I see it and... and I believe the message was something to the effect of, uh, hey, we're big fans of Sonder in northern Kentucky. If you ever decide to jump the river, uh, we'd love an opportunity to sell your beer. And at the time, we, had, we, had, uh, we were probably a year and a half in or so, maybe a little less, and I was just like, what is, that? What, what is going on here? What is this? And then um, we had uh, our first initial conversation, and, and when our, we had our first meeting. You were actually sick with COVID. Yeah, I was. You're right. Um, I hope that's okay that I shared that. Oh, that's that's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, if, if you haven't had COVID yet, you're not you're not doing it right. right. <laughs> <laughs> or you were asymptomatic. <laughs> exactly. <It's> a, <laughs> uh, and and uh, Tom showed up and Casey showed up. I believe it was just the two of you the first meeting, right? Yeah, that's right. And and Casey shows up. Danny, to your point, and, and uh, he's like, "Hey, uh, do you guys have any of that that uh, Kings Island beer you guys are you guys are doing?" We're like, "No. How do like?" It hadn't even been announced broadly yet. Like, how did you even know this? And you're like, what? Well, I love Kings Island. I saw, I saw it at the park. We're like, wait, what? <laughs> and then Tom's like, <laughs> Tom is like, uh, what new Frosted do you guys have on tap? Right. <laughs> love Frosted. And you guys, you guys knew our beer. Coconut Tears was on draft. And I remember, I remember Tom saying, man, Coconut Tears is dope. And I was like, these guys are rad. And like, yeah. like I could hang out with these guys. Right. And that matters, right? When we talk about being able to partner with somebody – I, I do business with and work with and enjoy being around people that, that I enjoy and, and likewise, right? So we have that first meeting. We show you guys around and, and uh, in a very positive way. This is not meant to sound negative, but it was like you guys were fanboys, but you were professional fanboys, right? Like we could tell that it was genuine 
that you all, you and Tom, loved Sonder. Yeah, it wasn't like they ran to like the nearest store. It's like you got to make sure we try the spear. Absolutely we not. Out with these guys like they were already enjoying our stuff. Yep. No, it was it was like very it was very well thought out and even. You know, back up a little bit more to John being out sick. Is we 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 normally would postpone a meeting, uh, you know, for our craft brand manager to be there for the meeting. But we thought you guys were such a fantastic brewery, and we wanted to distribute you. We thought a, a week or so. We, we were afraid that another distributor was going to scoop you guys up. So it was, you know, I had the beer at Kings Island. I brought it back to the office, showed Tom the can because I like roller coasters, and Tom, <laughs> Tom and Tom and John are craft beer fanatics. So you know, it, it made sense for all three of us to kind of come together and and, and and check you guys out and then from there you know we, we had all your beers we loved it and we just we would stop up and drop off cards to all the beer tenders downstairs and I, I would say maybe out of 50 cards that we dropped off maybe probably two or three of them actually made it to you guys but you know that was something we knew we wanted to get your guys attention right away because you know we thought that you guys you know were, were you know Obviously, you're going to be what you are now in Northern Kentucky. Yeah. So it's very cool to see that come full circle. I appreciate that. And actually, uh, for whatever it's worth, I did get one of your cards. Um, and that was when we had our first uh, discussion about, man, do we jump the river, right? Do we, do, we, do we leave the state, right? Even though I think we all would agree Northern Kentucky is a suburb of Cincinnati. We feel it's, it's Cincinnati. And that's why ultimately uh, it felt like a natural progression. But we had that discussion, and I, I, I remember telling Chase, I was like, I think uh, there's like this this Chase Siegel company or something. I don't know. I got one of their cards, and it was it, – Casey, it was your card. Um, and and at, it was – I still hadn't pieced it together yet, John, that you had sent me an Instagram message, even after our first mess- or meeting with, with Tom and Casey. Then we meet you. We, we take a trip, and we're at your warehouse, and it, it was like – all of a sudden, I saw the, the big white beard, and, and I was like, holy shit, this is the guy that slid into my DMs <laughs> two years ago or whatever exactly, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then I think, I think it's, it's safe to say, the, the, as they say, the rest is history, right? We, we hit it off even further as, a, as our team and your team, and then um, ended up after a couple of months of, of kind of going back and forth. We launched in, in May, yeah. and <clears throat> how would – how would you guys say from your perspective the first year has gone? Um, I, I, think it, I think it's gone great, um, which I expected it to. It, it were, sales are right about where I thought they might be. Um, and full disclosure, I, I think they're, you, you, you had some loftier goals sure. and yeah. numbers, but, yeah. but I would expect nothing less from you. Um, but for me, that gives us room to grow. Yep. We're, we're going to grow into your expectation. Organically. Um, organically, correct, right. yes. Um, very solid sales, uh, very steady sales. Uh, I think our um, uh, point of distribution reach is, is growing every month. Uh, it's up and down a little bit, but the, the nice thing about Sonder is you guys have enough of a variety of things that there are a lot of accounts that will try it. You know, Voss is a very everyday approachable beer, um, but then you do the big, crazy adjunct added, um, you know, frosteds and, and all of those things for, so you get the, the beer geeks in on that end of it as well. So um, I, I think it's going great. I mean, it, you, you guys fit well into our portfolio. There's a, there's a few things that we do um, or I do when I'm courting a brand. Um, I want to bring things in that aren't going to necessarily directly compete with what we already have in-house because yep. we've made commitments and promises yep. to other suppliers before you. Yep. 
Um, so I, I don't want something that's going to, you know, I'm, I'm not going to bring in somebody whose flagship is a hazy IPA or a, right. or a Kolsch because, you know, that's what you guys do. Um, but there's room for the other stuff as well. Um, and, 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 and sorry to cut you off, no, no. but just so our listeners hear this, that's real. Yeah. That is, that is a, a real comment. That's not, I think there's a lot of people who are probably listening going, yeah, right. Everybody would take anything they could because it's money. That's not, that's not true of what you guys do. Right. Um, and, and that's been evidenced to, to this team, to us, from the beginning. And I think, too, that, um, you know, we don't – our portfolio shows that. We don't have the biggest portfolio. There are brands that approach us that we don't have room for them, and we're very honest with them and kind of say, you know, I don't think we're going to do that. And, and on the flip side of it, there are brands that we have wanted and we have gone after and we haven't gotten. So um, for those who don't know, it's the supplier's decision. The brewery is the supplier. They decide yep. in Kentucky who their distributor is. So there are, you know, there's four big players in distribution in Kentucky and a couple of smaller ones. Um, so, you know, you got six distributors that are going after all these different brands. And, not, you know, I only know what I know from what we do. We don't collect brands. We just have, we bring in brands that we think will sell or that we can sell because we want to sell beer. And, and that's obvious to us as well. And, and, and I, 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 to go back to the courting process, I mean, that's why we knew we wanted you guys right away. We knew that you fitted into our portfolio perfectly. And I think that to, to go back to what Justin said is we, we kind of realized that there was a, we had a lot in common, yep. uh, a, a lot of the same goals and things like that. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell the story. Um, Sonder came to our warehouse to check everything out, and we gave him a big <laughs> tour. Um, and, and like I said before um, – we really, really wanted Sonder. So uh, Tom, John, and myself, I mean, we, we, we had prepared our tour, what we were going to say to you guys. You know, we didn't want to leave anything on the table. We wanted to say everything we wanted to say. Um, and we basically, we, we put on a good performance, and we're exhausted. You know, we're, we're very nervous. It's, it's, it was finally over, and we could finally breathe. And, and so they go, well, where's good to eat around here? And we were like, we named Drake's and a few other places. So um, they're like, oh, Drake's. We'll check Drake's out. So Tom and I go back in my office. We have a five-minute meeting, and, and we're, we're famished. You know, we, we've, had, we've had this, like, nerve-wracking tour. We really hope to get you guys. And I was like, let's get, some, let's, let's get a good lunch, Tom. And I totally forgot that we told them to go to Drake's. <laughs> so Tom and I go to Drake's because we, we, we recommended it because we thought it was good, but we like it ourselves, too. So we show up to Drake's, and, uh, you know, we're, we're still not thinking that they would be there or anything like that. They, they, their, our server takes us in, and they, they go to seat us, and they're there on the quarter and tom and i go oh god did, did, did they did they see us is it too late to leave and, and sure shit justin looks up right away and gives us one of these waves and i was like they think we're stalking <laughs> this is not a good look now, now 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 not only you know they, they probably think we're weird at this point you know they're, they're just like that we would follow them to the restaurant uh, you know, and, and we walked up to the table, and it was very, you know, painstaking to walk up to the table. Oh, hi. What are you guys doing here? Oh, you told us to come here, so that's why we're here. <laughs> so, and then, and then, wait, we sent, yeah. then we sent you all on, a, uh, on a, 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 a goose chase, a scavenger hunt, if you will. A Pressure bit. cooker. Yeah. We said we're going we to go have a beer. Um, well, we kind of we had some fun with it. We, made, we did like a... Like a, a check yes or no, like love letter on a napkin, like just to <laughs> just to mess with them a little bit, and and uh, 
slid the napkin over and just walked out and told them we were going to party town. And uh, they showed up. That's sure awesome. enough, showed up Don't, at party town. And you we also had more gave beers. us a token, though. Oh, we did. You gave, we did. You, you gave us the token, yep. and that was in the love letter. It was folded up <laughs> in the love letter, and then you slid it across the table to me at Drake's. And mind you, I, I was a territory manager before, but now being the on-premise, in charge of the on-premise, you know, I had never really dealt with anything. You guys were kind of my first big acquisition that I, that I really wanted. And, you know, he, he slid it across the table, and I'm going, oh, shit. I was like, is this how this is done? This is- <laughs> <laughs> Should I know how to react to this? You know, I, I thought my inexperience was failing me, but I think it was really just you guys messing with me, it which was, makes yeah. it even better. So. It was, yeah. We were just having some fun with it. And then we went to Party Town and, and had a lot of shotgun weddings. I was going to say that. I was going to say we had some shotgun weddings. Yeah. Shotgun weddings so good. Yep. Um, it, so, so that was kind of the... The start of it, John, I would say, uh, well, Casey, is there anything you would add to what John said about our first year as, as partners? Is there anything, or would you, I mean, would you echo his thoughts? I would, I would echo his thoughts for sure. Um, you know, I, I think it's just uh, very surreal sitting in this room with you guys. Like I said before, there was a lot of preparation that went into courting you guys and, and, and making sure we got the brand. And going back to the Drake story and all these pressure-filled moments, I just think it's very refreshing to be sitting here at this table, you know, a year into it doing this podcast and stuff like that. I mean, because I think we've had a great year. Um, but I think we have a lot of room to grow, and I think that you guys genuinely believe that too, that there's, there's a lot more work to be done. We're happy with where we're at, but we're certainly not content. So well, I love that. I think there's two things that, that, that prove that point. One is, uh, you know, we're coming up on a year, but we haven't had a rep invested in Kentucky. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, until November. Yep. Right. And we're already seeing the fruits of that. And we're doing last summer numbers in the middle of winter now. Yeah. So it's I, awesome. We're, That's a really good point. You yeah. know, we're, we're excited for what we're going to do this year with somebody as talented as Wayne partnering with all the, 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 the talented people that you have on your team uh, and what's going to happen this year. Um, and then I think we're going to segue into the other part of how we're investing into Kentucky right now. Yeah. So, so one of the things that, uh, you know, I mentioned, I mentioned doing business with, with people we like, right. I would genuinely call you guys friends. Um, and that's, that's, uh, it's something I don't take lightly, right. In a, and you, you mentioned a pressure cooker event, right. A pressure cooker moments and all this stuff for, for a lot of what, uh, my job, it feels like, entails is always pressure cooker. Um, certainly in the last two years through COVID and everything else. So, first of all, moments like this on the podcast, it's surreal for me as well, Casey, and, and it's something I enjoy. I've talked about how this is something that, that I love as a, as a passion project within our company. So, getting to do this is great. It's even better when you get to do it with friends. And friends that you get to do business with is just like icing on that cake, right? Well... <clears throat> You guys uh, know the story, and I've, I've shared on the podcast the story with, with my dad about Bourbon County and, the, and that beer. And so I thought it was really cool this past um, Thanksgiving season, uh, holiday season, you guys actually invited me to a Goose Island Bourbon County tasting event at an account down there. We show up there, um, still uh, 
an incredibly memorable thing for me that got foggy at the end uh, <laughs> over over a five year f- vertical flight of Bourbon I County. Say, you know, you, I don't think uh, I don't think most people remember a like it, the end of a uh, Bourbon County tasting. Well, and then as if that I wasn't I don't enough, think I remember the, the two it, days we, after. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of it, we we went we moved on from. 16% stouts to bourbon. Like, why did we do that? None of us needed the bourbon. We were in Kentucky. <laughs> That's right. I was going to say, when in Rome. <laughs> or, or northern Kentucky. Kentucky. <laughs> and, and during that conversation, uh, what was, was, was sort of birthed out of that was this conversation, Casey and John, of what if we did a beer that just you all could sell? What if, what if we did this beer that paid homage to, you know, Wildcat Blue but still kept our brand intact. And so, uh, Casey, I think the first one you threw out was, was Betcha Y'all or Y'all Betcha. Yeah. It was Y'all Betcha. Y'all Betcha was, 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 yeah. the, was the first one. Uh, and These are like, how all great ideas come to fruition, by the way. Or, is it not? After a couple of plates of Bourbon, bourbon County, County Stout and some bourbon, bourbon this, is, this is where all of America's great ideas come from, is situations like this. It's true. It's so funny, and, and the work you put into the, these these high octane beer events, you know, you're like, this is going to be a great event. We're going to make it very classy. It's going to be this, that, and then you go there, and you're three Bourbon counties in, and you're just like, I, I can't even feel my face right now. <laughs> this is like this is like my notes app. Yeah. Like, uh, my notes app is like the wild wild west. I keep all my ideas in there, and like some of those ideas come after some substances, and <laughs> I gotta revisit those when you're sober. And some of them are good, some of them are bad. You know, so, so. it's like I'm gonna delete this note really fast. It's like this Whoops. one doesn't even make sense. It can go. <laughs> but that's what I love about it is, is, is that this kind of came out of a sort of a brainstorming idea that we had been talking about for a while, but it just comes out of fun just relaxing having fun and as you guys admit it you know we're we're, we're kind of very much friends too so you know we 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 get along very well and you just kind of start vibing and coming up with names and stuff like that and when that goes into the beer that gives it a story and i think that's really super cool yeah sure absolutely part of our brand and the big reason why we feel like a lot of our beer brands have so much success is because the story behind them is great and it's an easy thing for us to market and We've said it a billion times on this podcast that stories sell, and I think that's a good part of it for sure. And, yeah. and, and as cool as y'all betcha sounds, <laughs> the, the thought into trying to alter you betcha the way that the beer ended up turning out that we did go with was not going to happen. Yeah. So yeah, you, you betcha is very cool. Or y'all betcha is very cool. It, but, it is cool. But, it, but it's not as cool as Voss y'all. Voss y'all. And when that was first said, as buttered up as we all were, <laughs> it, was, it was probably one of the very few aha moments I've ever physically been a part of. I mean, every, yeah, it, it really was. was. Everybody, no, yeah. everybody who was sitting there at, uh, at that table and on those even couches, da- Even Dave, who Dave. had just gone on a, just gone on a heater. Uh, <laughs> KY Dave. <laughs> he, he's, a, he's a whole other podcast in yeah. and of himself. <laughs> He is, but but even Dave, yeah. Every as soon as we said it, it was like all of us just shut up and we're like, "That's it, yep. that's yep. it." Yep. And so we decided uh, we kind of brainstormed on what it would be, and and then we I came back here and we talked, and immediately Chase was like, "Yeah, we I could do that, we could do that." And Chad's like, "Yeah, this will sell," and Danny's like, "We can market this," and the teams all got together. I think it was twenty four hours later. We're on a phone call, and we've constructed this idea that we're gonna. We're going to take Voss as a base beer, and we're going to um, add uh, 
a, a fruit flavoring to it. Uh, that's a, it's an all natural flavor for us. So it's, it's not taking away from any of the integrity of the beer. Uh, we would never do that. No, that's not who we are. Right. And that, and we made that clear in that discussion. Sure, right. Sure, sure. And so we took, a, an all natural, uh, flavoring for us. And, uh, what was birthed out of this in product still has that, that light golden hue of Voss, but it's Voss with blueberry. And uh, today is the first day. So this is kind of fun. Today's the first day we've ever had it too. So yeah. all five of us for the first time are having it today. It was it, kegged this morning. I, it was, I was kegged this say, morning. Like, yeah. Walking in and out of production today, like blueberry, the smell of blueberry just hit you in the face. Yep. It was. I like didn't. I walked out. I didn't realize it was production day for it today. And I walked downstairs. I don't remember for what, but I like walked downstairs. I was like, it smells like it. It was like a sweet smell, almost like a fruity smell. And I was like. What are we doing today? I was like, they're canning. You betcha. I know what I know what a canning. You betcha day smells like. I don't think they're brewing. I was like, what the hell is going on? I like, went to the tap room, came back upstairs. I was like, oh, that's it was blueberry, and it, like for the rest of the day, it's all I could smell. It was great. So, so I'm driving up here as Casey mentioned earlier. It's a little bit of bad weather today. It's kind of a haul. It's probably 20 minutes longer than it should be. Uh, and and I'm, but I'm in my mind mapping out what I'm going to drink. You know, I'm coming. I'm coming to the, it's a profes- the professional move. I'm co- I'm <laughs> yeah. Research and development. Yes. Are you are you, a, are you uh, a menu guy where you like look at menus before you go to restaurants? I most definitely yeah. am. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, I, you know what? That but, doesn't surprise me, but, John. But, I know but, this. But, about but you. I'm coming in. and I'm thinking. You know what? I, I haven't tried Divot yet. I'm going to have that. I haven't had Hefe yet. So I know I'm going to try that. Um, and these are all brands that we we have in house at home. But you know, it's it's fun to drink them at the brewery. So I'm I'm like oh, okay. So I. Step up to the bar, and, and Chad hands me a glass, and I take a little smell of it. I said, what, what is it? And I took a sip of it, and wow. I mean, Voss, y'all, was not even on my radar. <laughs> yeah. So what a surprise <laughs> and treat. Oh, so you didn't know today. I had that no that, idea. Oh, that's awesome. Wa- wa- walking in, until it was put in my hand, I had no idea I was even going to have it. I knew it was coming to us this week. So it's, it's, it's coming tomorrow, to okay. the, but I had no idea that I would have an opportunity to taste it today. So yeah, I kind of wanted awesome, to keep it a awesome surprise. Treat, awesome treat. That's kind awesome. of came as a surprise for them coming up that we were going to have it for the uh, podcast today. That's awesome. And so, so for context for our listeners, um, there's only one place in Ohio you'll be able to get this beer, and there's not a lot of it for that location. That's our tap room. So we anticipate um, this to be a runner for us and a partnership with you guys. Um, hopefully the demand is there and it's around forever. Yeah, uh, we, it, we've had conversations with accounts leading up to this, and, and, and you know, there's already you know, a half dozen uh, to, to ten per handles that are going to be on, at least through the summer. I mean, just, awesome. just telling them what it is, and, and based upon your all's, uh, you know, history and notoriety, and people know how well you do things, um, and, and, and the hope is, and I, and I think it'll be pretty, pretty, pretty successful, that it's not going to cut into anything else. Right. So we're going to continue selling all the other core stuff, all the other, um, mm-hmm. you know, seasonal stuff that comes. And Voss Y'all is just going to be a, a arrow in our quiver that nobody else has access yeah. to but us in Northern Kentucky. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah so, it, so it's in our tap room. I think we have, what, four kegs that we're going to tap right away uh, until the next batch is available. Right. Um, and then everywhere, everywhere else that you can get it, the only place is – Across the river in northern Kentucky. Starting off with draft only. Yep. So, so the first run will be draft. So it'll be uh, on-premise bars and restaurants. Um, and then the hope is or the plan is the, the second run mid-May, there'll be some package available. So we'll be able to get some, some cans into those, uh, some of those off-premise accounts, the bigger yep. party stores and those things. So. And, there, and, and we're accompanying this. Obviously, there's a, 
there's a lead up with this in terms of, um, I mean, everything is long lead times right now, but um, we're accompanying this with uh, some really cool glassware. The brand, uh, Jen and, and Danny and our marketing team, Macy, they, they crushed the brand. Uh, Great it, logo. Really, Great logo. really cool logo. It, in, it encompasses the state, sil- the silhouette of the state, uh, and then it's got that wildcat blue in it. The glassware, I think, is super cool. Um, Danny took a picture today with the beer in the glass, and it pops. Oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. It looks so good. That's awesome. So it will hopefully be um, a brand that quickly becomes recognizable um, for both of our companies, right? Sure, and what's sure. really cool and the thing I'm probably most excited about is it piggybacks off of a brand that's been successful for us already. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, yes. So it, it keeps both the Sonder and the Voss brand intact, but there, there adds a, an element of exclusivity to it uh, that I know you guys are going are gonna to crush, and I'm really excited about it. And it shows the versatility of Voss. Absolutely. Right? That's a great point. And, you know, Voss, y'all, blueberry, it's fantastic. But one of my favorite go-to summer drinks is just Voss with a lime in it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just... I've seen you, uh, I've seen you with um, only putting one lime at a time in a beer, and at, at the end of the night... That I had no has, room for beer. That, <laughs> By the end of the night, that cup had like 92 limes in it. Yeah. That's how you keep track of how many you had. Yeah. (laughs) That sounds like someone who's wearing a, that's something we would do if you're wearing a Mick Ultra Foot Joy jacket. (laughs) (laughs) It's a nice looking jacket. I'm not going to lie. It really is. It really is. Can we speak Voss with lime into existence? Even if it was just something we did like, man, like during the summer, like get some halves, just have it here. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, uh, our friends down south in Lexington do do a really good job of that with cougar bait. Key lime cougar bait's so yeah. good. When, whenever we're down there at their brewery, that's the only thing I drink. <laughs> when we did that podcast, uh, or no, it wasn't the podcast. It was when we did the uh, the bar crawl with them after we did our collab. Oh yeah, it was the only you thing drank I was key lime cougar bait and and DH drank uh, you betcha. The you betcha. <laughs> it was yeah. very. Oh, fun. we were over in Loveland. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And we were crushing key lime cougar baits. <laughs> yeah, all the Sonder folks were like, this key lime cougar bait is awesome. And all the, all the country boy folks were like, I love you. We betcha. love you. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. It was, it was a lot of fun. Those guys are a lot of fun. I don't know if that's known yet, but I, these guys work with country boy as well. And that's just also another cool aspect to this is that, you know, we, we were friends with those guys pri- and worked with those guys prior to even bringing Seligman on. And another great addition to the group. Yep, Absolutely. Yeah. One of the one of the uh, cool things about working with them and and our launch with you guys was you guys did that the um, folklore yep collaboration mm-hmm. beer which was in the yep. works before I think anybody knew you were coming. It with was us. yeah. I mean, I, we had started the conversation. You had already started talking about that collaboration. So our our first our launch event with you guys was a pretty cool tap takeover featuring a bunch of country boy beers and a bunch of your beers and then that folklore which was a phenomenal. Oh it's man, I forgot order. it. Stay, yeah. stay tuned. Stay tuned for version two of that. Yeah. May or may awesome. not be uh, coming this summer. <laughs> Folklore so. was awesome. That beer uh, yeah. was super. It's a super great beer. I forgot yeah. about the pub crawl in Northern Kentucky. <laughs> oh. That was a night. <laughs> I tried to forget about that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but <laughs> we'll just we'll just go ahead and bring that up. So. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Let's go ahead and just dive right into that. that. By the end of that night, what did we did we start at Covington Yard that night? I can't remember. No, we, we finished at Covington Yard. We did finish there. And then from Covington Yard is well, when we I thought Well, we sort I was gonna, of finished that's there. When the, that's when the pub that's crawl... That's when the Sonder it, pub crawl portion of it ended. 
It continued uh, much and later. Then the and then, and then <laughs> Casey tried to get us to walk across the bridge at like one in the morning. Yeah, the, the Roebling the Roebling was closed. <laughs> yeah, was, and and he, uh, he's like, forget that. We can I was do just going anyway. to push the signs out of the way. <laughs> Acting like I kind of like I'm Mr. Kentucky, you know. I'll get us across this bridge, you know, and just being, you know. <laughs> that was that was a An lot idiot. of fun. That was another that was another good night. We ended up at some at some dive bar, which is what we kind of do here. We right. always end up at a dive bar. It, uh, it, it just it, it felt right to be you know finish something like that at a dive bar, and we we, we love all of our accounts, but I think yeah. where where you know Seligman feels at home is, is is dive bars, and I think that resonates with you guys too. Every sure. every time we travel as a as a team for work, we're we're actually going to in in May we'll in we'll be in Minneapolis for the Craft Brewers Conference, and uh, Chase and I have already kind of started looking at the local dive bars that we could potentially frequent that are close to the Airbnb we'll be renting. So. If there's a pool table, um, and and good cheap beer, we're in. And touch and touch tunes. And there has to be touch tunes. Yes. That's true. Yeah, has to be touch tunes. You gotta have that person in the friend group that spends way too much on touch tunes. Yeah, I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> Is your credit card connected to touch tunes? That's how you tell if you like it or not. It, yes. You know, yes. Uh, what are you willing to spend? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so you add right. dollar? Do you just add dollars to it, or do you actually just have your credit card linked to it? Yeah. No. I. It's like incre- I buy in like increments of like twenty dollars yes. with my credit card. Well, I, I apparently spend so much on touch tunes. That when I'm around a touch tunes thing, I'm now getting like push push notifications yes. on my phone. Love that. And it's like, it's like buy twenty credits for for the price of ten at Eli's bar or whatever. You know, genius. I love that. So I good. love that. My, it's so good. My, yeah. Yep. My buddy used to make so many enemies at Dana's by playing Sweet Home Alabama, and he would just skip the line too. He's paying like five bucks to get the song to play immediately. I love that so much. And like for no reason, Sweet Home Alabama. We would just hear it like eight (laughs) times in a night. Well, yeah, you can play like you ever been at your house and just wanted to play a song somewhere else and make someone mad. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah. Wait, I've never thought so of that. Like yeah, home. so you, you can do this from your house <laughs> at the bar. So I, I used I used to run a bar called Pachinko in Mainstross, Kentucky. Um, and there's a there's a something we had to disable because there would be people who would get mad at us if we threw them out or whatever, and they would get on their touch tones from outside the bar or at home, and they would just play <laughs> trash music, and they would just spend unlimited amounts of money to do that to play whatever because they wanted to get back at us. So there's, there's actually like a feature in yeah, the touch tones. Yeah, can you override it if you're the, if you're the, the, the I don't know the back of it. end of it. Correct, yeah, but I think there's also something that you have to be in a, a certain range to be okay. able to play songs in there okay. because... See, that makes sense to me. You should have it as a radius of, like, the bar, really. But I guess if you're within, you know... But what if you're on the patio? What if, if you're, you're outside? a mile of it away yeah. or something like that? You can't have that tight of a radius. I think I, I, I mentioned earlier to, uh, to some of our team that we should look into touch tunes for the bar. However, after hearing some of this, I'm a little It's skeptical. such a double-edged, double-edged sword, <laughs> sword... Um, is sword? It, is it, sword? I, I can't speak. Is sword? it profit sharing? So do bars get a cut of that? Yes. Okay. Yes. And you do, there's like a wholesaler for things like that, okay. I believe. Okay. So okay. there's like a wholesaler for, like it was it's the same company, and I forget the name of the company right now, but they did our pool table. They uh, did our yeah. touch tones. Yes. Like an entertainment company almost. Yes. Yep. And they did our ATM, and they did all those things like that. Oh, so. interesting. Okay. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense to me. Um. So real quick before we, I have a couple of uh, get to know Casey and John questions. But before we get to that, um, you mentioned earlier, John. I think it was you that that um, you all find creative ways to 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 sell beer, 
right? And sure. and so you're using those creative ways to not only sell the beer and move product, but find out what beer works in certain places, right? Right. Um, one of my favorite stories of this first year uh, actually happened relatively recently was the William Goat competition. Oh, yes. The, the selfie awesome. competition with William Goat. And we actually had a, a fair amount of our team participate and go down and, and take selfies. And um, that's something I just wanted, to, I just wanted to, to bring up that really evidences uh, the creativity of what your team uh, can do in the ways that, that working with somebody like Wayne and Market sure. um, really shows the partnership. Yeah, yeah. And William Goat's such a great, you know, character or, or mascot that when we saw him for the first time in the brewery, our whole thought process was we got to get some goats over in Northern Kentucky. I mean, we, we need some of the goat over there. And, and when the Bach beer came out this year, we, we had leading up to Bach Fest, the promotion – I think was a success. I mean, we, we moved some product. We, and, we view it. We and, viewed it as, and, as a great and, success. And, yeah. and the cool thing about it is, I, I mean, I've been into, there were 11 accounts that, that had a four and a half foot William goat put up in there. And, and there's at least half of them are still there. Are still up. That's oh, yeah. really cool. I mean, yeah, see, the, the, I love that. The I promotion is over. Yeah. But the accounts like the goat and he was a cool piece. So they, they've kept him hanging up. So. And according to some of the pictures, William goat had a hell of a time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, yeah. Yeah, as, as he sure a social did. media guy, you get some privileges, and uh, <laughs> I saw some inappropriate William Goat pictures that didn't make it to the mainstream, but they were screenshotted and shared internally, yeah. um, so they were That's enjoyed. Awesome. I did re- I did reply to those folks, letting them know that we appreciate it and we're happy you're having a great time. Um, but yeah, I, I have a buddy who lives in Covington, and uh, he's clued into the beer scene a little bit. Um, he texted me one time. He's like, "Why am I seeing this goat everywhere?" <laughs> that's awesome and i'm like because he's awesome he's like you're not wrong william goat's formal but he likes to party yeah and that's I mean, what that's what we've learned we really struggled with that one i'm excited to lean into william goat as the years come along so i was a little nervous about sharing this with you guys but i'm, I'm gonna share it anyway um yes i like our, it our, yes our, our, yes and, and come on i don't have it with me but i'll show it to you after the fact our, our sign shop took some liberties with william goat <laughs> and we've got we've got a a Bengals themed William Goat. Ooh. Oh, that's awesome! So the the uh, Lederhosen are black and orange striped, oh. and and there were a handful of us in, in in Seligman's family that used those as decorations at our houses for the Super Bowl. That's oh, awesome. that's so awesome! We had, that is we so had, cool. We had, we had Who Goat. That's awesome. awesome. We had who day William Goat up in our houses for for the for the Super Bowl. So that's Should, cool. Could we uh, work on maybe a Reds uh, Cincinnati baseball themed William Goat? Yeah, if you guys are cool with it, we're most definitely cool. With so it. we've we've talked about this, and we actually talked about it on a recent podcast. I know we want to get a, a a goat. It sounds weird because I don't want to talk about the goat being naked, but like. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, ha, have a naked goat, and then you just dress him with what's in season, right? Hey, if we if we get that goat on a roller coaster, Casey's all in. <laughs> Casey wants William Goat riding Orion. I was more thinking like, get him a Reds jersey, get him yes. a Bengals jersey. Yes. You know, really cool. uh, during the crosstown shootout, get him a a Xavier jersey, uh, obviously. Or you see, yeah. uh, well. FC Cincinnati. FC Cincinnati, yeah. Right? Um, uh, yeah, like Oktoberfest. Well, and, and we could have fun with it, right, as as our brand expands. You know, in Columbus, he could be wearing an Ohio State 
mm-hmm. garb. Correct. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and get a, guardians get a, up in up in Cleveland. Get him some wildcat blue. Um, seriously, I mean yep. that would be that would be rad, right? Uh, true or false? William Goat, a, like an actual mascot, like costume of William Goat would be cool. True. One hundred percent, it would be true. I mean, for Oktoberfest. See, when I first came to the brewery, when we saw this, I thought that William Goat was an Oktoberfest goat because he's holding up like yep. a like a Stein. Yep. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking Oktoberfest instead of Bachfest. And the, you know, the first thing I wanted to do was I, I wanted to pump him out there a hundred times for Oktoberfest too. So the fact that we're we're trending in the direction of bringing him out more, I think, is fantastic. And you know, from here, I think you guys go with mas- mascot costumes. You know. Like, you know, North Carolina's, uh, you know, goat that they yes. have. Uh, That's a great you know, Ramsey, shout out to you, Chad. Yeah, yeah. tough loss last night. I, uh, I, I, I don't know. I've said it, like, in this office, but I want to say it publicly on this podcast. I called dibs on wearing him. To ju- I just want one of them. I don't want to hold, hold hostage of the goat costume if we ever get one. But, like, I just want to be a little buzz running around with <laughs> William Goat once. I'll wear it the whole time. <laughs> In our in our first podcast about William Goat, uh, it was it was uh, in the origination of what this before this podcast has really become what it is, where it's more interview style and having having guests and partners and friends come on. It used to be just about the beer, um, and it wasn't so much about our people as as it was the beer. And in that podcast, it was about that beer, and uh, I I don't know how or where this came from. But I just blurted out after a few William Goats. Um, I really like William Goat because he's formal, but he likes to party. And I have no idea why or where that came from. And it was perfect. And it just stuck. And, yeah, and now awesome. it's, it's true. Now he is. Um, but, but to that point, I mean, could you imagine William Goat running around in like a tuxedo t-shirt if we had like weddings out here? It'd be the best. As like a photo booth opportunity? I think so too. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's before we get to our, our last segment, let's just get to know you guys a little bit. Sure. Um, we're gonna do like interview style questions here and just uh, kind of rapid fire. All right. So, uh, if you could only drink one beer the rest of your life, any brand, any brewery, anything, but it's the only beer you could ever have the rest of your life, what would it be? Casey's like anything on a roller coaster. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. Main Brewing Company Peeper. Okay. American Ale. Okay. Yeah. Peeper's a really Ale good Ale. beer. It's a great beer. Do you think so? This is, uh, we'll give we'll give Casey a couple of minutes here to think. Well, because that this has sparked a question for me. Casey's is Michelob Ultra. <laughs> <laughs> do you think how how do you feel about the fact that that brewery? Uh, seems to be one of the few breweries remaining uh, that has stuck to their guns on this single bottle format. You know, it's, it is, in this day and age, it's an odd package. It is, I would agree. Um, but the beer is fantastic. The beer is fantastic. It's, uh, it, is that a brand you all distribute? No, okay. I don't think they are in Kentucky. Okay. Uh, um, I, think they, they, I think they're in Ohio. They, 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 they are distribute in Ohio. here, but it's like, I think you only get like two or three beers and like the occasional specialty drop. But yeah. It's, it's yeah. super, super limited here. Yeah. I've, I've, when I get you know, it, I get, get like it. lunch and then uh, like maybe one of the other two yeah. common ones. Yeah. But yeah. And, and Peeper is when it comes to the area. Yeah. I mean, okay. it's, it's a, um, and it is a really good beer. And I, I get it in Cincinnati at North, uh, 
over the north side. What's the uh, higher gravity? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's okay. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it, it is. It, it's it's odd that they've stuck with the glass. They uh-huh. they've stayed with that that size bottle. Um, but it, I mean, it, it works for them. I it mean, does, maybe yeah. that's one of those that they're just you know it's not broke. Why well, fix it? Yep. Um, there are so. I mean, I remember when cans. The very first craft I ever had in a can was Oscar Blues. Um, oh, okay. Dale's. Dale's Pale, yeah. And, and uh, I'm, Another great beer. I'm, I'm a part of a, a beer group that meets twice a year, and we it's a swap. And once a beer comes, it's retired. It can't come again. We're, we're over. Oh, that's fun. We're, we've been meeting for 14 years. I mean, we're, we're, awesome. we're well over 600 beers. Wow, that's um, awesome. But I remember the guy, the first time that came, and the vibe in the room was, this is junk beer. It's not good beer in cans. We bring good beers to this event. Oh, interesting. And, but it was it was... Interesting, because they're the first ones to start canning. Yeah, and and now it's like, you know, the the the, the can makes so much more sense. Yeah, for the product, for no no light gets in. I, much, I guess I had never tight. thought about that, and 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 now recollecting on that, you're right. I think Oscar Blues is one of the yeah. first craft breweries I remember seeing in cans. Yeah. You're it's right. interesting yeah. when when trends like that change. I have a friend who recently told me that um, he when he thinks of craft beer, he thinks of the sticker labels. Hmm. Yeah, not and printed cans. Yeah, and I was like, dude, like most breweries do printed cans at this point. Like a lot of them do. He's like, I don't know why. I just think when, when I'm drinking when I'm drinking out of a printed can, it feels too corporate to me. Interesting. Like, hmm, okay, legitimately just one dude's yeah. random opinion. Yep. But, but on, yeah. the, on the flip side of that, as a guy who courts brands, um, going back to the distribution piece. That would be one of the things that we look at is if there's printed cans, then then we know or I feel that the the brewery is into the long haul. Yeah, I mean it's not it's yeah. not a here today gone tomorrow. It's not a mm-hmm. there there are a couple of stable brands that are going to be core products. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I get the stickers. I know why they're there, and yeah. I, I don't mind them, um, especially for one offs or small batch type things or seasonal things. But you know, to make the investment. And, but that's the whole business side of it, too, that I look at. Yeah, the, the, it will be interesting. I mean, I, we're a good example of this. It will be interesting to see how much less printed cans you begin to see with the minimums now changing. Oh, without a doubt. And it's not a cash flow situation for a lot of folks. Um, like for us, it's a it's a storage issue. Sure, sure. We don't have a place where we can store three truckloads of cans right now. Right, right, we right. don't have the space. Right. One of us funny, too, during the shutdown, seeing how many people were putting sticker labels on printed cans. Yes, it's like yeah, they were putting or or they were putting shrink wrap over a over a printed yeah, people can. People were getting yeah. creative, and it was funny. People like taking the shrink wrap off, and it's like, oh my gosh, they gave us the wrong beer. It's like, no, no, no they just used yeah that can yeah. for something else. It's the same beer. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Case, you've uh, you've had a couple of minutes here. We've we've stalled enough. What's your beer? All right, so this is this is kind of a, a maybe like a, a, a one-off beer. This is kind of one of those things that you can't you can't get it around here. So maybe it's my favorite because every time I go on vacation, it's kind of what I drink. But um, I like a, a guana bait by Florida Keys Brewing. Okay, it's a it's a honey hibiscus uh, Kolsch, and it's just oh, kind of like uh, it's a, it's a very like very refreshing island beer. It has a lot of flavor, and it's not a light beer, but it's something you can still continue to drink kind of throughout the day. So, is, it okay. not, is it not overly sweet? It's not overly sweet, no. Okay. The, the, the honey and the hibiscus are things that you kind of have to work to pick up on, but it's, okay. it's kind of your everyday colch, and you can taste those 
flavor uh, flavors in there you know that's awesome so but that's kind of my favorite because whenever you have that beer it means i'm on vacation you know so yeah it's kind of synonymous so i I hope that if that's the last beer that i kind of am always on vacation you know i love that i love that that mental mindset there yeah even if that does make its way up here you you have to make sure you don't buy it right absolutely that's that's one of those things i think that was kind of like you know that was kind of like yingling is, is you know, you, you said the drive to North Carolina and, and even uh, fat tire, you did the drive to go get it. And, and it was, you know, you brought it back and it was like, this is the best beer ever, you know? And, and, and they're still both very good beers, but you know, it's just something that, you know, but when you're tripping over it in a gas station and you know, you can always get it. Right. It's, it, it loses a little bit of that luster. Absolutely. Right? Gone, yeah. yep. So, so where you said it's Florida keys brewing. Correct. So is it only available in the keys? It's available all throughout Florida. Oh, okay. Yeah. All, all so, but we, we, uh, me and my wife go to Key West a lot. So that's, that's, if I'm having one, I'm usually in Key West. So, okay. Yeah. So it, go- t- it takes you to a moment. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. There's no doubt. Um, means- I'm going to marathon this, this summer. It'll be there. And, uh, now you've added something to my list that I've got to go check out. Yeah. Isle Murata Brewing as well. They're, they're two very, very good craft breweries down there and okay. they're just, they're very small, but they're very big throughout the state of Florida. When, when, when you pull up to the brewery, you know, you'll, you'll go around and be like, Oh, this place is kind of small, but uh, you know they have a very great island feel to them, and uh, you know you think that they're small, but if you fly anywhere into Florida, you can see these tap handles anywhere. So I think it's pretty cool. Man, There's some really I, good breweries in Florida. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I love my job, but the one thing that would make me love my job more is if Sonder Brewing was in the Florida Keys. Yeah, I'm sure it would. That would be incredible. I'm sure. I'm sure it would. Looking distributors. Yeah, just like think about it. like you open a brewery, but you're also still at the beach. Just it's like the Jimmy Buffett vibes, but you own a brewery. See, I, I I've said this. I love the Midwest. There's got to be some struggle behind it, right? I mean, it can't be all rainbows and butterflies, right? Well, sure. I like the Midwest too much. I'm kidding. Really? <laughs> I love the Midwest. Really? I, I will not leave the Midwest ever. Likely not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just love it um, for a lot of reasons. It's home. Uh, <laughs> the like running like video for a while was like we don't deal with like hurricanes and yep. natural disasters and all this stuff. It's like I don't know, man. The cost of living's low. I think it's good people. I don't know. I just love the Midwest. I don't want to leave. Of all of the conversations that we've had over many many years, uh, we've never had this this one this discussion. Yeah. I, I mean, I would agree. I'm I'm from the middle of nowhere, Indiana, right? So so I would agree. It feels like home to me. I will say there is to me this like allure and um kind of like like desire to have um a residence that's not permanent somewhere tropical for me for me i think that's the move i could do that and you're only there a few weeks out of the year or whatever at a time or whatever that looks like but uh, man there's nothing casey i'm just taken back to a podcast we had a few podcasts ago several ago i guess at this point uh, beer occasions and like there is nothing like vacation beer. Yeah, vacation beer is the best. It's I have plenty of friends that move to the place that they enjoy the most, whether it's LA or Florida or whatever. And it's like when you break it down, it's like you're just paying more to live where you're at. And you go to the beach like four more times here than I do. <laughs> See, I wish I was like you. I wish that I liked the Midwest because I don't want to seem like I'm. Uh, you guys asked me what my favorite brewery and beer is, and I don't want to seem like a parrot head. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, sure. No, I don't I, want to I seem like I'm, yeah. a, I'm like I'm Jimmy Buffett, and it's all about islands and sand. But at the end of the day, that's like synonymous with where I go to relax. I feel that. I feel you that. know. But I I I, lo- I love a Midwest 
summer so much, I'm willing yes. to stay for the winter. And that's yes. kind of how I feel. But overall, I wish I was more on Danny's side. I wish I liked the entire thing. Um, but it's just not it's not who I am, unfortunately. But yeah. I don't mind the cold. I love I, that. I, I'm actually into the cold. Yeah, love that. I, I'm into it for about two weeks. See, I love a good snow. See, I hate snow. I, but that, after the second snow, I'm done. Th- that's the only thing where I'm talking about two sides of my mouth. It's like I hate snow. Interesting. I think snow is cute for like 45 minutes, and then, I, <laughs> and then I'm done with it. See, I love like a snow trip, like going to the mountains and snow skiing. Different, love that. Way different. I love skiing. Yeah. I'll ski any day. But like snow here in Cincinnati, it's like it's cute for 45 minutes, and then it's just a nuisance. <laughs> it's ugly three hours later. People can't drive around here. It's just annoying. It's a lot. It is. Yeah. It is a lot. G- Casey, did you you grew up in the Midwest though, right? Oh, born and raised right here. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, all right. Um, favorite album of all time. Music album of all time. For me, that's uh, Incubus Morning View. Nice. Ooh. Okay. Yes. Very nice. Uh, it's it, it's a CD that I rely on to help me with my mood. If, if, if something's going good, I listen to it. If something's going bad, I listen to it. It's just one of my favorite all-time albums of all time. So, For our younger listeners, a CD <laughs> is uh, this disc. Right. What's a CD, Chad? Yeah, no, that you would uh, put into your car, and you would have this, this portfolio of them, and you would flip through and, and try to figure out which ones you wanted to listen to. I was actually going to make a comment that, um, you know how I know that Casey and I are close in age? Because he used CD. Right. Because he referenced <laughs> CD. Yeah. Um, I, I still remember when I first got, when I got my first car before I, I upgraded my stereo when that was cool, right? When you upgraded your stereo. Uh, before I got that, all I had was the cassette that would plug in with a, with a traveling discman, like a, a CD player. And every yeah. time you'd hit a bump, it would skip. Yep. <laughs> that was the best, though. I, yes. <laughs> yes. I still don't understand that technology. <laughs> You put a cassette in the cassette player and you can play a CD. I don't get it. But you know what I'm talking Wild about, times. right? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, 100%. I yeah. had one. That was the 90s ox cord. It yeah, was. It was. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then you had like the, the custom burnt CDs. Oh, yeah. dude, I was burning that's a new you, CD. That's how you made playlists. With the, with the Sharpie labeling. Absolutely. What the CD, I was yeah. you yeah. Know, say. Summer Jams 04, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> My friend got in trouble because she threw a party while her parents out of town because we burnt a CD for her that said like I think it was I think her parents were out of town in Boston and it, we named the CD like wrote it in Sharpie on the CD like Boston trip and like left it in whoops in like the CD player that they had hooked up to their sound system and they came home and opened it up they're like why is this in there and then they kind of like put two and two together like looked at the house it's like oh you had people over while you're gone. Dude, that was when, like, five disc changers were cool. Mm-hmm. When you could put, like, five CDs in at once, and it right. would just go from one CD to the next. Amen. I, I am an old hip-hop head. Okay. Um, I grew up in the 80s. Um, I, I run DMC. Okay. Early, very early Beastie Boys. Uh, I did, like, two live crew, obviously. But my as I got into the 90s, my, I broadened my horizons and grunge became a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, today's the anniversary of Kurt Cobain's mm-hmm. yeah. passing um, 28 years ago. Um, but there was a movie that came out in 93 called Judgment Night. Okay. The soundtrack for that movie is probably my all-time favorite album. Every song is a hip-hop artist and a very heavy metal or rock artist who collaborated on the song. Oh, that's cool. So you've got, uh, you know... the. Uh, I, I pulled it up here because I know I wouldn't remember all of them. Why have we never talked about this? Before? But you've got, you've got House, House of Pain and Helmet, 
De La Soul and Teenage Fun Club, uh, Run DMC and Living Color. So all there's there's two bands in every song. I love it. I've some never of, heard this. Some of them are I've never heard some of them. Some of them. So it's it's a very good collaboration. And, yeah. and and again too, I think that goes back to my fondness of beer collapse. Yeah, I, I like a collaboration when you can get two different genres of music Absolutely. together and, and play. So as far as a total album goes, that's probably my all-time favorite album. I love it. I can appreciate that. Um, I wouldn't say it's my favorite album, but an album that I really enjoyed was the Linkin Park Jay-Z. Oh, yeah. That was, I Very thought that cool. was a great album. Uh, in the End, right? Wasn't that what that was called? Um, it was Hybrid Theory mixed hy- with... Hybrid Theory mixed with... Um, which album was that for the Jay Z did? Oh, I I gotcha. I gotcha. And the end was one of the songs. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um All right, Danny, should we hit this last segment? Let's do it. What are you listening to? What are you listening to? Is it a cover band in some college town bar where it's not a negative? Is it something to get you Okay, so um, just a, a refresher for you guys. Um, we, obviously, as evidenced by the last five minutes of the, of the podcast here, we love music as much as we love beer here. Um, and so... What we do here is we're just looking for we have a playlist that's a running playlist from every time from every episode with uh, with our guests that we have on here and uh, so what we're looking for is a song that you are currently listening to on repeat uh, but what we do for our guests is uh, it could be one of your favorite songs of all time or it could be a song that you are currently listening to so either one um, and we'll go first to give you guys a couple couple minutes here to think about it. Uh, Chad, do you have one? You're usually prepared for this. I am. Um, this one's kind of sad because Uh-oh. obviously Taylor Hawkins passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Foo Fighters, one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, so we've just been listening to Foo Fighters on repeat. Um, so, you know, I could pick a million Foo Fighters songs, but I'm going to pick Best of You just because the opening lyrics are so good. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's, uh, that's timely. That's good. That's good. Somewhere right now, um, the Leather Ecksteins, uh, Sarah and Mike, are listening to this right now and um, are smiling. Yeah. Big fans, yeah. Big foos? Yeah, big, <laughs> big fans of foo. Yeah. Uh, I actually, that's how I actually found out was uh, they, they, uh, they sent us a text. Danny, do you have one or you want me to go? You can go. Uh, I have a hip-hop song. Um, I thought I was going to be into... Uh, into Kenny Chesney season. It's not warm enough yet. It's not warm enough. No, we had like a fake out. I can't take the top off the Jeep yet, yeah. so I'm not in. Yeah, yeah you uh, still got to wear your shoes and, and your shirt still. Ex- yeah. <laughs> you still have some problems. Nicely done. So. Nicely done. <laughs> Very nice. Nicely done. Uh, I, uh, Child of God by Chance the Rapper. Uh, new Chance Ooh, the Rapper I love song. Chance the Rapper. Uh, have you heard this song? I have not, no. It's, it's good. It's How got new a, is it? Uh, relatively new. Okay. Um, it's, uh, I would say, probably in the last six months would be my guess. Maybe sooner. Um, I, it, may have been, it may have been released before that, but... Uh, it got hot. It, yeah. Yeah. I, he- I heard it on a Discover playlist. Yeah, on, I, was gonna say, on I, I haven't heard of any new Chance Rapper music, but... Uh, it's, it's good. It's got almost like a freestyle vibe to it. That's pretty cool uh, that I'm into. So, what about you, Danny? 
I got lost in doubt by Fame on Fire. Okay. Um, it's been dreary the last couple of days. I'm still in a uh, pop punk phase. Yep. Uh, all right, boys, which one of you wants to go first? Casey, the mic's in front of you. You got one? I'll dive in. Okay. So um, a couple of weeks ago, I actually walked into John's office, and he was just playing this fire 80s playlist. And I was just like, damn, that's good. You know, <laughs> you know sometimes during the wintertime, I feel like things become mundane. And, and, yes. and, I, and I don't listen to as much. I, I always listen to music. Music is everything that I do. I'm always, my, my wife's like, yeah, what's your playlist going to be when you hop in the shower? I mean, that, that's how I am. Yep. I, I have a playlist for everything that I do. Love um, that. And, and when I heard John's playlist, I was like, damn. I was like, I'm going to hop back into the 80s real quick. So uh, my song is going to be from uh, Tears for Fears, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Yes. yes. Um, I love and this so song. After, after I walked into John's office and, and listened to that 80s playlist, this song came on. And so the internet's so wild that it, it, your, your phone tracks what yes. you do. So I, I hop on to, uh, to TikTok. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm old. Yes. I'm trying to understand TikTok and be cool. <laughs> I still I, I don't, don't understand I don't ever it. You're be, one of two people on this podcast that are on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be. Whoa, how do you know John's not on, on TikTok? <laughs> I'd <have> guess. <laughs> so my mom always was like the, the cool mom. So I'm I'm I want to always keep on par with that. So I'm mm. I'm not thrilled with TikTok, but I, I want to know it. I yeah, guess sure. So I'm I'm on TikTok, and uh, this uh, acoustic rendition of "Everybody Wants to Rule the World" comes on, and and they don't have any instruments for the first I, I don't know maybe minute of the song, and they just knock this out of the park. It's 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 live. It's them nowadays, and oh. they they just. If you guys have the chance to, to to look it up online, please do so. It is it, it just goes to show you what a what a what a great song it was then, but what a great song it can still be. So that's pretty cool. Uh, all right, John, take us home. So first of all, it's hard to um, listen to all the hype about the playlist I picked because it was just eighties on eight on Sirius <laughs> XM. That, that's what I happen to have on <laughs> in my office when Casey walked in. The you other are day. a better man than most to not take credit for that. <laughs> But one of my favorite stations on Sirius is the uh, Backyard Barbecue Hip Hop. And it's okay. a lot of old school stuff. Yep. And, and I've gotten kind of reintroduced, uh, reintroduced to Eric B. and Rakim. Mm. So I, uh, every chance I get here in the last few weeks, I'm listening to Paid in Full. Okay. Uh, by Eric B. and Rakim. So yeah, that's, that's my, my one that's re- fun. repeat on a loop, I guess. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was cool. Thanks, cool. Thank you all so much. Um, I am super excited about year two. Um, I'm super excited about year two of this partnership and, and obviously beyond, but sure. um, we're doing a lot of really cool things and, and uh, I'm super thankful for you guys. Get so. down Kentucky and try Boss Y'all. Yeah. Boss yeah. Y'all. Hey, I'm going to say, the, here's the Boss Y'all. If anybody's still listening towards the end, by the time you hear this, Voss Y'all will be in the bluegrass. That's right. There you so go. get out and have some. That's yeah. right. Thank you guys for having us. Seriously, yeah. a very surreal moment to be here at this podcast. Cheers in with you guys yeah, right cheers. now. So cheers. cheers.